take your Bibles, please. Can you just stand? Okay. Um, anywhere will work. Matthew chapter 11. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Uh, go down to verse. Twenty eight. Someone's encouraged. I know I am. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Gracious Heavenly Father, before you, we open up your word, the word that remains, that endures forever, heaven and earth passing away, but your word will remain. And we ask that you would release unto us so simply tonight, living understanding and revelation that causes a revolution in our hearts. We stand before you as your people, the flock in your care. We're asking that you'd break in with truth, you'd break in with light, you'd break in with your power upon our hearts that are so many times weak. Come, speak to us. Encourage and strengthen each and every one, from the oldest to the youngest. Every man, every woman, every child be brought low. You be glorified. You be magnified. In Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Fast Heidi, just to keep playing. Minister Heidi, it's not always that she's here with us. And one of our first worship leaders now all in Bristol Bay, knack knack, and here for a few days, and we're glad you are. On Sunday nights, I have been doing a series on honor, and uh, I've, it's been encouraging me and helping me, helping my family. I hope it's been helping you, because our culture has lost honor. Very rarely do you see young men opening doors for ladies. Very rarely do you see people doing honorable things, but there's a remnant. There's a group of people that are rising up. Oh, not just in Alaska, not just here at KC, but, but around the world. People are learning to honor each other. For where there's honor, there's a flow of life. Honor your father and mother. Have a long life. And the converse of that is true. Dishonor mom and dad. Have a short one. So we need to learn to honor. Without, without honor, God's power and anointing is, is hindered. I mean, he can do anything, but he, but he releases his power in greater ways where there's honor. And so we've been learning about that. And 
Tonight, I don't have notes for you. I just felt led to just sort of, sort of go to a default setting of flowing in the Spirit and, and sharing with you this text that has been so emblazoned on my heart. Because many times we can, we can get burdened by things that are, the Lord doesn't want you burdened by. Is, is it just me? I think, I, I think you all know what I'm talking about. We can get overwhelmed. By, you know, how is it going to happen? How is it? What, Lord. Oh, God. And there's a yoke. How many of you know what a yoke is? It's a, it's a farming implement. It's placed, it can be placed upon us. It's a, it would be placed upon beasts of burden. And they would pull a plow or a cart with a yoke around their neck. And it would be fast. Don't be equally yoked with unbelievers. You see, if you had a, a really strong animal and then a weaker one, how many of you know they'd be pulled in circles? And it cause a chafing on, on the neck. You know, you can be unequally yoked with unbelievers. You can be unequally yoked with, with believers. You can be partnered with people that, that don't think the way, that believe the way that you believe. And if you're partnered with them in such a way, it can cause, I don't want to ask you to raise your hand. It can cause a lot of pain. Chafing. I hate that. How many of you hate Chafing. So I'm going to depart from the series on honor just for a moment to preach to you really pretty short, I think. But we'll see what the Lord will do on humility. Again, I've called it the mantle of meekness. Being meek, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And meek is another word for meek is humility. And um, who's the most humble person here? Would you raise your hand just for a moment? We just want to acknowledge you. We talked about humility recently. <laughs> You've just been disqualified. <laughs> We've talked about humility recently in Philippians chapter 2 as we enter into this season that we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Philippians 2 is just so beautiful about how he humbled himself and became a servant and even obedient unto death. And I've found, as I shared in that message recently on humility, that God is drawn to meekness. God is attracted to humility. Pride comes before a fall, but the Lord elevates those who are humble and meek. And this text talks about Jesus, who's humble and lowly of heart. God, God defines himself as humble and lowly of heart. That's amazing. You don't usually think of, you think of God as like God and everybody's just bowed down to him. And that, that, that's not how, you see this here? That's not how he describes himself. For I am, I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Wow. Let's just look at this for a moment. Humility, and if you're taking notes, humility attracts God's favor. Pride repels God's favor. Humility attracts God's favor. A humble and broke, broken or contrite heart, he will not spurn. If you're broken and you're humble before him, he just wants to come closer. If you're filled with pride, well, then you're, you're, you're spurning him, rejecting him. Come unto me, all you are labor and heavy laden. I will give you rest. There's a rest that the Lord has for you. And I'm not talking about having the right amount of vitamins and getting the right amount of sleep. I've had a lot of sleep and had no rest. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I've, I've, had, I've, had, 
uh, all kinds of things in the natural that would produce rest and had none. I've, I've, I've been anxious at times. I know what it is to lose rest. And I'm not talking about sleep. I'm talking about your peace, losing your peace and not having a, a grace and a labor to enter into his rest, he says, I believe in the book of Hebrews. This kind of sounds strange. You know, labor, labor to en- work hard to enter into his rest. What? Learn of me. The most significant issue of being a disciple of Jesus is to learn meekness. You need to learn humility. So I don't really want to, I'm not like into that. Well, he'll help you. He'll help you learn meekness. In fact, the situation you're in right now is helping you to learn humility. You know, the situation you're in right now that you might not be in if you actually were walking in humility, that's the one that's teaching you humility. Come on, bump your neighbor and say, he's talking to somebody. I don't know who he's talking to. Learn of me. The Lord wants us to learn. He wants us to, to, to give us insight on how to walk in humility. And in walking in humility, it releases God's power, God's anointing, God's rest, His favor. He's attracted to it. I mean, it's the opposite of what the world is. The, with the world, the, the more money, the, 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 you know, the greater beauty as they might see it, or fame or fortune just brings you more and more acknowledgement, more and more favor of the world. But that's not how it is with the Lord. It's meekness and humility that draws his favor. I shared with you a friend of mine as I was at a conference. The man is, the man just is, he's just, he's as humble as a shoe. I said, he's as humble as a shoe. And miracles follow him everywhere. I mean, all kinds of breakthrough miracles. He, He's, he's constantly promoting somebody else, constantly taking the back, the back seat, the back road. To, he's, he's constantly serving. I taught you just recently the, the attitudes of Christ are the attitudes that we're supposed to have, the, the humble, reverent, grateful servant. Come on, say that. The humble, reverent, grateful servant. Say it again. Humble, reverent, grateful servant. I learned that in a mandated discipleship school I was in a long time ago. Those are the attitudes of Christ. And he wants us to learn humility and meekness. And because of the, the heavy laden, the world wants to put a burden on you, wants to put a weight on you. But his burden is easy, his yoke is light. I'm gonna give you seven proofs of humility. So simple. So we're just gonna give you seven points and wrap it up. You say, why do we need proofs of humility? Because when you look at the proofs of humility, you realize that you're lacking. I'm lacking. Jesus help me. And you realize, well, if these are the proofs of humility, I only have like three. And the other three, I don't have those. Yeah, you want to go ahead and get them. You want to learn of Him. The first one is a teachable spirit. A teachable spirit. You know someone's walking in humility when they can be corrected and they take it, and they're teachable. In other words, they don't know everything. It's hard to fill a cup that's already full. Some of you are laughing. I think that might be an acknowledgement. You know what I'm talking about. It's hard to fill a cup that's already full. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1, knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. 
in James 1 and 19. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath, or slow to, slow to anger. People that are, that are quick to speak are usually not teachable. God, I'm being convicted. Am I the only one? First Corinthians 3.18, let no one deceive you if anyone among you seems to be wise. Let him become a fool, it goes on to say. That they may become wise. Evidence too. So the first one is what? A teachable spirit. Are you teachable? If when somebody comes to correct you, do you always have an excuse? No, wait a second. You don't really understand. No, 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 wait. No, you really don't know. I know. It's hard to know everything. Very painful life to, to know everything. And be 17. Very painful. Be 15, 16 years old to know everything. Brutal. All the demands upon that great wisdom you have. Man, when I was 18, 19, I don't know, I, you know, maybe it was different for you. I, I just thought I was just like God's gift to the earth or something. I was just so full of pride. I had hair back then. I'd slick it back. And I just thought I knew everything. Man, I was just irritating to so many people. Are you teachable? It's an evidence of humility. Do you have a teachable spirit? Number two. Do you see your personal faults? You're like, yeah. Well, you know, you can go overboard on that because, I mean, we all have personal faults. If you allow that to become a condemnation that shoves you in some hole, that's a false humility, a pseudo-humility. See, I I've known people that say, well, I'm so bad, I'm so wicked, and, and the Lord, I just, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy. That's really actually pride turned inside out. What are you talking about? You see, when you cry that you're not worthy, you're not worthy. Well, no, duh. What makes, everybody say no, duh. I don't know if you'll find that in the English language, but no, duh, duh. I'm not worthy. Yeah, you know what makes you worthy is the blood. But once you have a revelation of the blood, you were then made worthy. So there's no way, once you understand who you really are in Christ, that you should ever say you're not worthy. You should say you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's an identity issue. And if you don't understand your identity, then you're subject to identity, identity um, theft. And you'll end up living far beneath your God-given, blood-bought right. But it's important to... to it's important to allow the Holy Spirit to show you the jacked up places you have. Come on and say, Lord, show me the places I'm jacked up. Yeah, that's a sign of humility. Don't camp out there. Don't stay there. Ask Him to help you. Evidence number one is, what? A teachable spirit. Evidence number two of humility is you see your personal faults. I'm sure you hold them out there with a sign for everybody to read, but I mean, you see them and you're asking God to help you. That's good. Number three, a grateful spirit. Gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. I love Thanksgiving. Just finished it. Thank you, Jesus. Just carved up some more turkey this afternoon. We cooked two turkeys. Got the turkey soup cruising on the stove right now. But I love Thanksgiving, a holiday when our nation, for the most part, pauses to give thanks unto God. A great, a, a heart of gratitude. That, that's a sign of humility. If you're not grateful, come on, you ought to just thank God for everything that he has given you. Well, he hasn't given me this, just relax. Thank him. Thank, come on, you're not in a wheelchair tonight. Most of you, I don't see any wheelchairs here. If you were, we could pray. God could heal you, you could get up. But I'm just telling you, 
Come on, think about where you could be and where you are. Think about where you used to be this time last year. Where, you, where were you before you got saved, before you were born again, before you got baptized in His Spirit? Think about the hellhole He pulled you out of. Come on, how He redeemed your life from, from the pit. How you were in torment, how you were in anguish. You might have been on the hospital bed. Come on, give thanks unto God. Come on, give thanks to God. Don't lose your gratitude. You lose your gratitude. You lose your gratitude, well, that would be evidence of you becoming prideful. A grateful spirit is evidence, number three, of humility. Seeing the value of other people. Seeing other people and being thankful and seeing God in them and valuing them for who they are. That is another evidence of being humble. A deep awareness of others. And the impact that, that others have. Amen. Putting others before yourself. Philippians 2 talks about that. Considering others' needs even before yours. Hallelujah. I know it's crazy, but I'm going to throw myself under the bus yet again. I went home this afternoon and um, I had worked on this message for tonight. I had a leadership message. I was so tired. You know you're tired when coffee doesn't work anymore. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, and my, I, I, when I got saved many years ago, people that were discipling me said, here's what you do. You go to church Sunday morning, you go to both services, then you come home, then you take a nap. No, you eat, you eat, then you take a nap. Then after the nap, you get up and you go back to church and you do Sunday night. That's what you do when you're saved. I thought, all right, guess what I still do? Same thing, go to church. Go to prayer, go to church, a couple of services, go home, eat. Take a nap. Glory to God. I'm gonna be, does anybody else take a Sunday? I mean, if it's half an hour, it's wonderful, but hours my preferred on Sunday. Hour. And so my wife, I know you guys are gonna look at me like I'm some kind of a dirtbag, but y'all did the same thing at some point in your life. And I'm just saying, my wife's not feeling so well. She's recovering, she's getting stronger, but she is all on her uh, she, she hi. Love you, babe. She's online right now, no doubt. And so she's all sprawled out in the, you know, in the recliner next to the fire with her blankie and her Bible. And, and she's probably right there right now. She's not been feeling well, fighting a fever, and she's getting better. So I do everything, you know, everything's all done. And I just, it's all done finally. And I lie down on my bed and ding, my phone goes off. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. I forgot to mute it, but I look, and it's my wife. And she says, the dog needs to go out. I'm like, Daniel! My son, it's time for Daniel to let the dog out. I'm done. But he's busy. He's occupied. He can't do it. And then I get, ding, there's another text. And it, would you please bring me to Advil? I'm just like... dog can wait an hour and maybe she can wait too <laughs> oh, oh well, I'm, I'm going over here you guys forget it and I sat there and I'm like oh god and it's like you know what kind of a pastor are you you just can't even get Advil let the dog do its business in the crate. Somebody can clean it up. And let my wife get the Advil. No, that just doesn't work. 
Anybody know what I'm talking about? I just, I felt led of the flesh to stay in my bed, but, but, but I had to consider the needs of my wife. She needed all she wanted was two stupid Advil, which are right next to me. Except I had to open it, take two out, get a glass of water and go all the way downstairs. It's like five or six miles at that time of the day. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? In snow up to my waist to bring her to Advil with a glass of water. I passed the test though, thank you Jesus. Humility will see others and their importance and it will see, will see people's lives and their value and, and do something to help them. Number five. Humility is patient and kind with the faults of others. Kind with other people's faults, you could put. Yeah, that one gets on my nerves too. <laughs> you know, when other people fail and then you have to be kind and compassionate about it. Let's move on. Maybe we should just have a little prayer meeting. Ask God to help us. Lord, help us be kind and compassionate to other people when they mess up. They're false, Lord. Help us for the grace of God go I. Everybody say that. For the grace of God go I. You know, you point the finger at a lot of people, you're going to find that really the truth of that is you're pointing the finger. There's three fingers pointing back at you. You can constantly point the finger at people. Don't do that. Don't be, don't be, the, don't be the judge, the jury, and the hangman. Just love people. You know what I've found is that most things don't make a bit of difference. There are certain things that are make eternal differences. Just love people. Come on, be compassionate. You ready? Number six. Evidence of having a humble heart, evidence of walking in humility does acts of kindness, listen up, Wally. <laughs> does acts of kindness when nobody will find out. Nobody will know. Wally does stuff like that, except everybody knows Wally. Sorry, I don't mean to steal your... Wally's a humble man. He is. There's a lot of humble folk around here. A humble heart will do kindness, will do acts of service without any reward, without the fanfare, and without anybody to be able to find out. Recently, I was playing a video game, and um, the act of kindness was that the person I was playing it was an amazing game. It was basketball, you know, video basketball. Just trying to stay current. Listen, if you give up on your constant growing in technology, you'll soon be left by the wayside having somebody else try to figure it out. Can you figure that out for me? I got enough of that. I, come on. <laughs> you don't know what I'm talking about? If you find folks that are kind of you know, new with technology, they, they henpeck their, the text. The next generation is probably going to be born with just thumbs. Yeah. 
You won't have any other fingers. You'll just have thumbs. So I've, I've started playing video games occasionally as a source of entertainment and fellowship. And so I'm losing and I start winning. I start getting in. I finally get ahead. It's like the fourth quarter. It's this basketball's 2K thing. And I start, start getting ahead. I start getting ahead. And it's like down to the crunch, you know. And I, I sink the basket and win the game. And I'm like, <laughs> I stand up. I've won. Then I found out that it was rigged. My son felt bad for me, so he let me win. He videoed me walking around my house. Yeah! Yeah! Oh! He videoed me walking around doing the victory dance. And I was wondering why he was so filled with joy. Right on, Dad. Right on. Right on. It's totally rigged. going down tonight son I'm gonna win tonight praise the Lord <laughs> humility will humility would do acts of kindness so that so that nobody I did find out though so that nobody will find out does good stuff in secret for others lastly humility evidence of a heart that's humble seeks to benefit other people I mean you actually look to do something for go out of your way to pay somebody's bill go out of your way to put gas in somebody's car when you borrow it you take it you fill it up that kind of thing and it goes out of your way to help someone for nothing for no for no money for no favor for for nothing just because as an act of love i encourage you to do something crazy this week what do you mean do some random acts of craziness Random acts of kindness and gentleness. When you're in line and you're getting a, you know, a happy meal or something, why don't you buy the person's food behind you? Do something like that. Go out of your way to, to, to bless your wife or bless your, your husband. Write a love note to your kid and slip it in their lunch bag so when they open up their, their sandwich and they, they look and they see a, a love note from their mom or from their dad, just love you and appreciate you. Go get some flowers. Go get some flowers and, and bless somebody. God is drawn to humility. We need to be people who walk in humility. And the day and age that we're living in, being humble is not cool. It runs cross-grained to our whole culture. You know, meekness. Meekness needs to be formed in the youth. You know, we got families here. We need to teach our kids to serve. You don't teach your kids to serve, they become part of the entitlement club and think that everybody's supposed to give them something. I mean, we have enough of that. Cry rooms, for God's sake. They have cry rooms. In universities, upset over an election so they have little rooms that you can go and weep yeah Yale Harvard Dartmouth Princeton all those schools I mean and, and many others 
All I'm saying is that there, there's, a, there's a culture that doesn't know how to serve and doesn't know how to gracefully lose. Look, I'm not into losing. I don't think, I don't think winning's everything. It's the only thing, amen? <laughs> I, don't like win, I don't like losing. I don't like losing. I way prefer winning. I've read the back of the book, so I ultimately I win, so do you. Someone say amen. But you know, it's a wonderful thing to learn to... Learn to lose with humility. I'm being convicted right now because I'm remembering this game and the reason my, th my son threw it is I was just a little bit too intense. I'm like, come on! <laughs> yeah! I got another point, you know what I mean? And he videos me. I told him, I told him, you ain't posting that. My face is all contorting around slam dunking and stuff with a remote control. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, Pastor Kirsten, huh? You and Smash Brothers or whatever you smash. The reason he threw the game is he was concerned I would lose and have a, you know, get mad or something. That's terrible, isn't it? I'd have been all right. because I'm humble. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Come on, lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, ask Him to help you. We need to walk in humility. We need to walk in grace. Come on, ask Him to help you. Come on, you need His help. You're dependent upon Him. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Lord, help us to impart humility and to teach humility to this next generation. Help us, Lord, as you are meek and lowly of heart, you are attracted to humility. Meekness, the meek will inherit the earth. God will help us, Lord, we pray. Even at this time, in the midst of a pride-filled, me-selfie generation, may we be about others. May we be humble, reverent, grateful servants for the glory of God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're not right with God, won't you give your heart to Him tonight? Those of you that are online, here under the sound of my voice, listening on Facebook Live, and YouTube Live, maybe listening at a later date. If it's you, you need to give your life, your life to Jesus, won't you do it tonight? There really is a place called hell. It's never created for you, not created for me. It's created for the devil and his minions. You've been redeemed if you'll receive the free gift of redemption by His stripes and His blood that shed on Calvary for you. He made a way out of no way. He brings streams in the desert. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was wounded for our iniquity. The chastisement that brought us peace was upon Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you've never received Him, you've never been born again, you must be born again. There's no other way for you to enter into heaven when you die. He said, well, I'm not going to die anytime soon. How do you know, you pride-filled thing? Come on, nobody knows. Nobody knows. No one knows. Man has given but one life to live, and after that, the judgment, the Bible says. If that's you, you want to give your heart to Jesus first time or make a recommitment all across this place, would you slip your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. You want to be included in this prayer? Lift your hand right now. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else lift your hand high? I have a word for you. 
God is, God is taking hold of your circumstances and your situation and he's gonna turn it all around. The Lord says this, though weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. And, and though it just seems so challenging at times and so difficult at times, the Lord is coming to take up your case, to take up your cause. He's moving on behalf of the hearts of those that are nearest and dearest to you. I just see like a, like a, a vessel of oil being poured over your head. Discouragement, even depression that tries to come at times. You're just so strong. You're strong, wonderful woman of God, a mother, a wonderful mother. And the enemy comes to try to lie to you, but those things are breaking even tonight. God's power and grace is resting upon you. We're going to make a way for you. I'm going to raise your children and help you in the things that are so near and dear to you. And, and one more thing. There's just been some like phantom pain and some concern. Yeah, some phantom pain and concern. Just put your hand on your heart, would you? Would you, would you just put your hand right on her heart right there? Father, in the name of Jesus, peace. Come unto me, all you are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Peace peace like a river. Let's pray this right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Coming to you the best way I know how. Thank you for writing my name in the Lamb's book of life. Fulfill destiny and purpose. The reason for which I was created. Come on, say it. The reason for... Lord, bring it about. Use me to change the world. To change my family. To change my community. By the power of the name of Jesus. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. Stand, wouldn't you? Lift your hands to heaven. Holy Spirit, come. Release your grace. Release your power. Baptize afresh each and every one. Holy Ghost, come by your anointing. Break every yoke, every yoke, every yoke. We command to be broken as we come to you. Weary, heavy laden, release the rest of God. Teach us, Lord, to walk in humility, meekness. For you are gentle and meek and lowly of heart. May we have these evidences in our life, oh God. May we be teachable. May we see our personal faults but not be overwhelmed by them and see them, in fact, healed. May we have a grateful spirit. May we see the value of others. May we be kind with other people's faults. May we do good in secret. And may we seek, number seven, the benefit of other people. Help us to walk in humility and to teach that to this next generation while their concrete is still wet. We humble ourselves before you. And we're so grateful that you stepped out of eternity into time and space put on robes of flesh, walk the earth for 33 and a half years as the humble, reverent, grateful 
servant. May we be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.